0: as we continue our series on live it out if you're able to let's stand out of respect for the word of God and we're in we're in Ephesians chapter number five this morning if you're able to take your Bible and if you uh, do not have a copy of God's word you might be able to share with the person next to you of course the outline is in the bulletin this morning you can follow along that way and uh, again uh, we're glad that you're here this morning this series that I've been uh, Lord's Been Leading Me uh, These Past Probably Six or Seven uh, Weeks, is a series that deals with our lives. It's, it's the area of our life that only God sees, but it's, it's manifested to everyone else. And uh, God, how many of you know we're a, we're a work under construction, right? God's not done with us. God's still working on us and working in us and working through us. And today's another one of those. This is a good one this morning. Not because I'm about to preach it, it's good because it's Bible. And that we need to get a hold of this message this morning. I will tell you, this message will change this world. It'll change your family. It'll change your life. And it'll help those around you. And I've entitled the message this morning Is It All Under Control? Is it all under control? And I think many of us could say, well, I've got a lot going, I've got a lot under control, but not all under control. And so this morning, a couple verses, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 is where we'll start. The Bible says, see then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always. For all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now verse 18, if you look at it again, the Bible says, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be what? Filled with the Spirit. Spirit. And the message this morning is about that, being filled with the Spirit of God being controlled by God's Holy Spirit. Jesus was with his disciples. But as Jesus lived on this earth, he didn't come to stay. He came to die on the cross for the sins of the world. That's your sins and mine. That's everyone's sins. And as Jesus came while he was here in the last days of his life, he said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. But he says, while I'm away, I'm going to send a comforter. One that will live in you, that will dwell in you, that will guide you. Aren't you glad for the Holy Spirit of God? You see that song this morning, Jesus and me? See, the Holy Spirit tells us all about Jesus. Even though Jesus physically is not here, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Well, how is that possible? Because of the Holy Spirit of God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Pray that you'd bless the message. Use it in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when you, you may be seated, when you, when you talk about being filled, immediately our mind, because we're Baptist, goes to one thing, and that is Food. It seems to be the thing that brings us together oftentimes is being filled. Some of you right now are going, I don't feel that full right now. And part of the problem is you got up late and you didn't get anything to eat and you're not full, you're empty right now. Some of you got up and say, well, I had a breakfast. I mean, I ate a good breakfast this morning, but that breakfast is just wearing off. And a lot of times we think about being filled in that way. When I think of a kid growing up, I remember that there were a lot of things that that I used to eat and one of those things that I ate was these crazy things right here. These are pure health food. And when you when you eat these, I mean these are literally sponges with lard in the middle of them. I mean, can you imagine what a Twinkie would be like without the filling? It just wouldn't be a Twinkie, would it? You know, I think about that and how often times we love stuff that are filled. Uh, I know this will surprise some of you, but pastor likes these. Because what's inside of it? Peanut butter. What would a Reese's peanut butter cup be like without the peanut butter cup? It'd be chocolate. That's what it would be. It's filled with peanut butter. I mean... They're going to serve these sitting by the river of life in heaven. You know what makes a Reese's peanut butter? Two things makes a Reese's peanut butter cookie, uh, good, and that is that it's in the refrigerator, refrigerator, and you got a tall glass of cold milk. That's what makes that, and you have two of them, you know. Stay focused. I'm trying, I'm trying. It's almost lunchtime. I told you it's not all under control, but it needs to be, all right? Now, as you think about this message this morning, it is an important aspect, and this is just one place in the scripture, this is probably one of the more definitive places where we see the importance of how we need to be filled with the Spirit of God. We need to be under the controlling influence Of the Holy Spirit of God it kind of reminds me And this this story about a boy that I heard reminds me about something that happened in my life one day this little boy he was out in in the park and he was flying a kite and he was standing there and he was flying this kite and as he was flying the kite it was a windy day the kite was was going well I remember when I was a kid I used to have uh, I would take you would get these these things that had string on them for your kite and I would get three or four of them and I would tie it together, and I'd, I'd get like three or four. I'd try to get my kite to go to heaven, you know? And I, and I was just like this little boy. I was out there, and I was flying. And you get a kite up in the air so far, and this man come, came by one day, and he saw this little boy flying this kite outside of his house, and he, and he looked up, and all she could see was the string. He couldn't see the kite. And he said to this boy, he says, Son, can I ask you a question? How do you know there's a kite up there? And the little boy, just he didn't even stop, didn't look at the man. He just says, because I can feel it. He says, I can feel the kite there. And although you and I, we can't physically see the Holy Spirit of God in our lives, we should be able to see or understand his working in our lives, just like this little boy having that kite on the end of that string. A lot of people struggle when it comes to the spirit-filled life. Uh, about allowing and here's why because many times we don't want someone else or something else to be controlling us but sometimes that happens we like to control every aspect aspect of our lives every thing regarding our destinies but uh, you know listen this this matter of allowing something to control us goes against our human nature we just we're not we're not built that way we're not wired that way And sometimes I've seen in people's lives, even in my own life, storms will come and troubles will come into our lives. And when those come into our lives, what they oftentimes will do is they will reveal whether or not we are yielded to the Holy Spirit of God working in our lives by the way we handle them. Because the Bible tells us that when we got saved, one of the greatest blessings of the Christian life is we received a gift The Bible calls it in the book of Acts the promise of the Father, which was as the Son of God, Jesus Christ, went up to heaven, the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit of God, came down. The Bible says today that our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Notice what it says in your Bible here in Ephesians 1, or in your outline. Ephesians 1, verse 13, in whom ye also trusted That's making a reference there to salvation. He says that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, in other words, you were saved because you believed the truth, but look at this, that after we got saved, we were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of your inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory. So here's what happened in your life. When you got saved, how many of you are saved today? Do you know the word? Now, to be saved means that you have put your faith in Jesus Christ. That means, according to the Bible, that whosoever shall uh, call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but hath what? Everlasting life. So, look, if you are saved today, the Bible way, that means you didn't do anything to be saved, but you exercise faith in what Jesus, the Son of God, already did for you. And when we got saved, the Holy Spirit of God, He came to be a part of our life. The Bible says that He is the earnest, the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. Under the praise of his glory. So, so God is with us today in the form of his spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. And even though we have the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that Jesus will never leave us. He will not forsake us. But here's the key. We do need to decide to surrender to the Holy Spirit of God on an ongoing basis. That means every day of our lives, instead of us taking the reins, instead of us controlling our lives, that we would say, here, God, by your Spirit, you lead. You guide. I'm going to let you have your way in my life. Everybody with me this morning? So as we look at Ephesians 5, I want you to see this morning some aspects about having a Spirit-filled life. Notice, first of all, it starts with a spirit-filled path, the path that we choose to follow. And and you're going in some direction today. Hopefully, it's it's toward the Lord, it's with the Lord, but we all have a path that we will follow, Galatians 5.16. This I say then, walk in the what? Spirit. Spirit. Now watch, as you're walking in the spirit, what does Galatians 5.16 say? You will not. Do what? fulfill the lust of the flesh. Folks, look, it's that simple. Say, I struggle with things in life. Are you walking in the Spirit? Because if you're walking in the Spirit, if you're allowing the Spirit to control you, I mean, listen, right now, you're sitting there in in the chair and you're listening to me preach this message. Right now, I am being controlled by the Spirit of God because I can see those Reese's peanut butter cups right there while I'm preaching. I'm controlling myself to stay away from them. I am being led of the Spirit to preach this message to keep my focus on the Lord this morning. See, a lot of times we give in because the flesh is weak. We struggle with things in life, and can I tell you this morning that when it says walk in the Spirit, it's talking about how we are conducting our life daily our lifestyle how do you live your life are you walking in the spirit or are you fulfilling the lust of the flesh see when I think about this spirit-filled path that he's talking about in Ephesians chapter 5 notice it's a path of caution look back in verse 15 of our passage this morning the Bible says see then that ye walk circumspectly not as fools but it's wise, redeeming the time, because the days are what? The days are evil. Now, the word circumspectly may not be a word you're accustomed to or familiar with, but the word circumspectly refers to being alert, to be cautious. Now, that means that if you understand, like, you know the word circumference? It's talking about all the way around. So when God says that you walk circumspectly, that means that you're being cautious, that you and I are being alert. But watch this, not just what's in front of us, but what's behind us and what's over here and what's over here. In every direction, we've got our radar going. We are being cautious. We are being alert to what is around us. And the Bible tells us in Colossians 4, 5, walk in spirit, or excuse me, walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time. So we've got to understand that this path is a path that we need to be cautious as we're living our lives. We should live with the awareness. I mean, look, we live here in Florida, right? And now one thing I have discovered when I lived in the Midwest, they didn't have hurricanes. They had something called tornadoes. Now, tornadoes are different than hurricanes because oftentimes you don't have the warning with a with a tornado that you have with a hurricane. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm glad for all the time that we can prepare, but listen, honestly, it kills me when for five, six, seven days, you're like, you can see this category four coming at you and you can't do anything about it. You just know it's coming. You've got the warning, but with a tornado, it just pops up just like that. And in our lives, spiritually speaking, something could pop up just at any moment. And we have a very real enemy. And folks, you have to understand that if you are a child of God this morning, there is an enemy out there that does not want you to live for God. Matter of fact, he is lurking. He's looking for opportunities to either trip you up or cause you to walk away from God. Now, look what it says here in your notes. I know you know this First, 1 Peter 5.8. The Bible says, be sober. Be vigilant because you're what? Adversary. He's not your friend. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may what? Devour. Devour. You see a picture on the screen there? Probably the most fierce animal. One of the most fierce animals in God's kingdom. And as you study the life in the habits of a lion, here's what you discover. That there are two things that lions are really good at. They're really good at hiding, and they're really good at being patient. They just patiently wait. They're out there lurking. And when I think about that, the Bible describes the devil as a roaring lion. And the devil is the same way. The devil is a master of hiding. He's a coward. But he's also very patient. He will wait for the right moment. Folks, that's why we've got to understand That in our lives, that we need this path, this spirit-filled path, we need to be cautious. Why? Because on that path, at any moment, the devil is there waiting to overtake you, to cause you to devour, to, to disappear. We should always be on the lookout. Why? Because we have an adversary, the devil. And so the path, the Spirit-filled path, is a path of caution. But notice, secondly, it's also a path of consecration. Because in verse number 17, here's what the Bible says, Wherefore, because you need to be walking circumspectly as wise but not fools, redeeming the time, the days are evil that we're living in, He says, Be ye not unwise, but understanding what? What the will of the Lord is. Now this is a path of consecration when you think about what it's saying here consecration means that we are we are set apart we're common but we are set apart for a sacred use and in verse number 17 the bible is saying here That it's God's will listen to me this morning it's God's will that you and I live a consecrated life that we live a life that is separate from this world that is set apart from this world that we are living according to the will of God first Thessalonians chapter 4 this is the will of God even your sanctification here it is what is God's will for my life as a Christian the Bible says that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel, his life, in sanctification and honor. What is the Bible saying there? It's saying that it's God's will that we possess a purity from sin, that we live a pure life, a holy life. We live in a world, what is the world doing? Every day the world is promoting that we need to be living in sin. That's what the world does. But God says that you are my people. I'm a holy God, therefore be holy. God tells us right here in verse number 17 that he wants us to know how. How to keep our bodies, our lives under control. Well, it sounds to me like God's suggesting that We would set some boundaries in our lives that we need to make some decisions. Remember, the Bible twice now has talked about having wisdom and not being foolish. So many people live their lives foolishly today. But how can we understand God's will and how it relates to this matter of consecration? There's a simple answer for that, by the Word of God. See, the Bible tells us how to live a holy life. How to live a consecrated life. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Listen to what J. Oswald Sanders said. He said, a walk in the Spirit will of necessity be a walk in accordance with the word the Spirit has inspired. No one can be filled with the Spirit of God if he is neglecting the word of God. Is God's word in you? Is God's Word a part of your life? Are you spending time on a daily basis allowing God's Word to saturate your life? Because as we do, God will guide us by His Spirit. See, the Spirit-filled path, it is a different path than the carnal path. It's a path of caution, and it's a path of consecration. But notice as we are living the Spirit-filled life, we're on the path Notice, secondly, this morning, what's the purpose of the Spirit-filled life? Well, in verse 18, here it is. Now, I'm going to use this verse in the context that God gave it in this passage. Now, look at the verse. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with what? The Spirit. Now, when we look at this verse, we understand the purpose of the Spirit-filled life. Notice It's a determined purpose. If we're under the control of the Spirit, listen, we will will have to prohibit some things in our lives that would bring us under their control. Now, if you look at the verse, here's the example that he gives. Did you hear what I said? The example that he gives is, be not drunk with what? With wine. Now, when we see this, a lot of people, in this day we live in, and it's nothing new, a lot of people excuse or they promote alcoholic drinking. But God's word warns us of the dangers of drunkenness and the tragic hold that it has on people that are given over to it. Look in your notes here in Proverbs 23 and verse 29, who hath woe, who hath sorrow, who hath contentions, who hath babbling, who hath wounds without cause, who hath redness of eyes, they that tarried long at the wine, they that that go to seek mixed wine, look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth his color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright, at the last it biteth like a serpent, and stingeth like an adder. Thine eyes shall behold strange women. Thine heart shall utter perverse things, yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, or as he that lieth upon the top of a mast. They have stricken me, thou shalt say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? I will seek it yet again. Now, if you know anybody that has ever been given over to drinking, whether it's wine or some other type of Alcoholic beverage, that's a very good description of what happens to us physically, how we lose control of some things when we're under its influence. Now, no doubt, when he says here in verse 18, be not drunk with wine, you have to take the Bible at face value. And the Bible says there that we should not be given over to drinking something that is alcoholic or being under the control of something. That is alcoholic. But listen, can I also tell you that as we see the example here that a Christian, just like someone should not be under the control of alcohol, if you take that comparison, here's what the rest of the verse says. It's just like a person would be under the control of alcohol, that a Christian should be under the control of the Holy Spirit of God. I, I've, I've seen people, my wife and I, years ago, we, we used to be in a bowling league. Don't laugh, I was actually okay. <laughs> My wife was pretty good, but we had a great time. It was just something for us to do as, as a couple. That was our PK days, pre-kid. We used to go bowling, do, do things, and then children came along. And so we would go, and it was, I always watched as we went, because I, God saved me before we ever started bowling in that league. And, and, of course, you go to the bowling alley, and a lot of people, when they bowl, they drink. And I was always amazed because I saw it, it went one of two ways. Either people's bowling got way worse, and for some people it actually got better. That always amazed me. But I, I'd see people, how they, they, they would get up there, and you know how you're not supposed to cross the line, the, the alley? You're supposed to let your ball go and stop before that line. They go across that line. I'd see people fall over. I'd see people dropping their ball. They couldn't hardly talk if you've ever been around anybody like that you you see all the effects of what why because they're under the control of that and what God is saying here about this spirit-filled path is that as the Holy Spirit of God dwells in us that we need to make sure that we allow the Holy Spirit of God to control us that that you and I need to understand it's a determined purpose in our life that, that uh, listen, alcohol will will take control of the mind and the body of a person. It affects their behavior and their conversation. But in the same way, understand that the Holy Spirit should be under the control. What we think, what we say, the things that we would do in our lives should be being controlled by God's Holy Spirit. Are you with me this morning? Yeah. We need, look, a lot of times when, when we do things and we're like, well, I don't know why I did that. Oftentimes in our lives, you did it for one of two reasons, because the flesh won out in your life or because you were led by the Spirit of God to do that. I've done things in my life as a Christian that I've thought to myself as maybe I gave to a missionary or as I helped somebody in a store or maybe I, 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 as I was out driving my car, I might have... I might have slowed down to let somebody in or something like that i thought to myself i would have never probably done that had god not saved me and then given me his holy spirit and as i yield to him he allows me to do those things why because it's no longer about the flesh it's about the spirit of god and we see the the determined purpose here but then notice also i see a yielded purpose in verse number 18 because he says be not drunk with wine He says, but be ye filled with the Spirit. To be filled means to make full, to fill to the full. He says here, to cause something to abound, to furnish or supply liberally. You know, you ever get a a soda or or a drink or something, and they only fill your cup to a certain height, and you're like, wait a minute, I paid for a a whole soda, paid for a whole Coke, and you you didn't even fill it up. Well, I'm glad when we get the Spirit. Look here, we get all of the Spirit of God. God fills us with His Spirit, and it is our choice on a daily basis. Yes, can I tell you this morning that when you got saved, you got all of the Holy Spirit of God. But understand in your life on a daily basis, it is our responsibility to yield to the Holy Spirit of God, to say, I need you in my life today. I need your help. Fill me today with the Spirit of God. That that, that is a fresh anointing every day. People don't understand that. The easiest way for me to explain that is, when you bought your car, listen, and they filled up the gas tank, are you still driving on that one tank of gas they put in your car when you bought it? Well, certainly you're not. You've been to the pulp many times. You know what happens because of this world? Oftentimes this world will beat us down and what we need to say is, God, I need you today. I need the Holy Spirit in my life. Fill me fresh and anew today. The Bible tells us that w- we can receive uh, the, the Spirit's leading in our lives. It's a choice to be yielded to Him on a daily basis, to be feel- filled, is to be yielded to the Spirit, to have, allow Him to have total access in your life, for your will and for, for his way in your life, look at Romans six: thirteen neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God being with being filled with the Spirit of God as you study the the, the context of what God gives us here, this is not a suggestion that God is saying to you this morning. Hey, if you want to be filled with the Spirit, that's okay. If you don't want to, no, 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 no. This is not a suggestion God is making here. It is a command of God. And if we are not filled with the Spirit of God, then guess what? We are being disobedient to the very command of the Word of God. Being filled is not something we do. It's something that is done for us. See, as we ask God to fill us with his spirit, we say, God, we want you, I want you to lead in my life. We can't be the ones that pour the the power of the spirit out in our lives. But as we surrender our lives and we yield to the Holy Spirit, then guess what happens? God's power flows in us and through us. And so we need to understand this morning the path of the spirit-filled life and then the purpose of it. But then notice this morning, then what's the product? What comes out of our lives if we allow the Spirit to yield and to control our lives? Notice as we continue in Ephesians chapter number 5, look at verse 19. The Bible says in verse 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always For all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Boy, you look at those three verses, and you know what you're looking at? You're looking at the product, what's going to be produced, because you're allowing the Spirit to control your life. You see, the Holy Spirit affects those that are under His control, and when we are filled with the Spirit, there are different products being produced in us. Look in your notes, Galatians 5, verse 22, the Bible says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Now, you look at that, we oftentimes refer to that list as the fruits of the Spirit. I want you to look at that list, and you don't have to answer out loud, but you ought to do an inventory of that list right now and think to yourself, how many of these things are being produced for my life because I'm allowing the Spirit to control me? Am I showing love? To others? Do I have the joy that only God can produce by His Spirit? Is there a peace in my heart? Am I long suffering with others the way God is with me? Or am I quick to fly off the handle? Is there a real gentleness coming from me towards others? Goodness, God's good, what about me? Faith, meekness. Are these things, now listen, honestly, if you're sitting here right now and you're looking at that list and you're thinking to yourself, there's not many things on that list that, that are really being produced, coming from my life. It's probably a good indicator this morning that you're not being controlled by the Spirit You're being controlled by the flesh. See, God's word's pretty clear. He says, against such there's no law, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. These qualities that he's describing here in Ephesians 5 in our passage this morning, Look, I hope these are things that you as a Christian desire for your life. And I want to look at these things that the Holy Spirit can produce because they only come as we yield our desires to the Holy Spirit of God. Notice the first thing I want you to see is the Spirit produces a product of joy. Look at verse number 19. The Bible says this, he says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Do you have a song in your heart today? You know, when you look at this here, to have a song in your heart during happy times, good times, that's natural, isn't it? But to have a song in your heart during difficult times, folks, if you have one and you're going through something, That's not natural, that's supernatural. Remember as Paul was arrested for doing the work of God, he had faith in God, he was preaching Christ, and he was arrested. The Bible says as he sat there in prison in Acts 16, that Paul and Silas, they were chained together in this prison, and the Bible says that they prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. How in the world can you be chained up to ugly Silas in a prison, smelly diseases, and yet have the joy that Paul had because he was filled with the Spirit of God? You see, this joy that he's talking about is not found under the control of our own circumstances, it's actually one of those fruits that the Spirit of God produces. listen i 'm going to talk to you this morning about this, that the music, the world has its music, but the world's music is not the music that God gives to us god 's music is different. Look in Psalm 40 and verse one there, and you know it's I waited patiently for the Lord, He inclined unto me, He heard my cry, He brought me up also out of a horrible pit. Out of the miry clay, set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings, and he had put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. This morning I was I was heading in. Some of the best times I have is coming into. Uh, church, and it could be any day of the week. I'm here just about every day, but I'll tell you what, when I'm driving in, in a car, a lot of times I don't even have the radio on, and you know who it is in the car? It's just Jesus and me. That's who it is. And listen, as far as I know, I'm singing on key. I've got a song most mornings. I wake up and God will give me something. I'll be coming in. I'll have a great time. Hey, listen, I I realize God hasn't given me the gift of singing, but I'll tell you what, I love to sing for the Lord. I love to sing with the Lord. And I'm going to tell you something. God gives us that joy from his Holy Spirit. Don't ever let the world take the joy that only God can give to you. So many times we let the world and the flesh rob us of the joy that only God gives. But look at this, verse 20. Not only does the Spirit produce joy, but notice there's also a product of gratitude. Look at verse 20. Giving thanks. What's that next word? What is it? And then look at this. For what's the next word? How many things? All things. Unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Does not the Bible say in 1 Thessalonians 5:18. In everything, give thanks. And then it says this for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You mean I got to thank God for my spouse? Yes. You better. You ought to thank God for your car, thank God for your house, thank God for your job, thank God for your friends, thank God for your neighbors, thank God for your in laws. Thank God for your outlaws. Thank God for anything and everything. Why? Because the Bible says giving thanks always and in all things give thanks. Why do we have to wait until November to be thankful? We ought to be thankful all the time according to the word of God. Well, how is that possible? Because of the Spirit-filled life. As we allow the Spirit to control our gratitude should always be directed to God the Father. Listen to what Charles Spurgeon said. When we bless God for mercies, we usually prolong them. When we bless God for miseries, we usually end them. Praise is the honey of life, which a devout heart extracts from every bloom of providence and grace. But yet, why then? Why do we grumble? and gripe and complain, because the Bible says that if we're filled with the Spirit, we should have a product of gratitude. We should be thankful, grateful for everything that God has given to us. God is good all the time, is he not? And so therefore, listen, if you are filled with the Spirit of God, you are going to have joy coming out of your life you're gonna have a spirit of gratitude, but then notice the third product in verse 21. Because the Bible says, look at this word, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. You know what that product is? That is a product of cooperation. On a daily basis, what do we need to do? Die to self, be willing to cooperate with others, allow this to permeate your life. We, we will be willing, if the Spirit is leading in our life, if He is controlling, you know what we're going to do? We're going to relinquish the rights that we think we have. We'll give that up. The Spirit-filled life will take a position that oftentimes is not popular with the world, but it's the position of a servant. Look at this verse, Mark ten forty five Even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many see the spirit filled christian you know what that person is they are a humble christian they are allowing the spirit of god to help them to cooperate with others by dying to self and these are the products joy gratitude cooperation where do they come from they come from allowing the spirit of god to produce these in our lives by by not giving into the flesh, but allowing the Spirit to have His way. And the question this morning is, is it all under control? Would you bow your heads with me this morning as we think about this? Say, Pastor, it is under control. Is it under the control of the flesh? Or is it under the control of the Spirit of God? That's the question that you need to answer this morning. Is is the Spirit controlling in your life? Think about the path that you're on. Are you doing what you want or are you doing what God wants for your life? You think about the purpose. It's got to be a determined purpose. You have to allow the Spirit to lead in your life. That means you have to yield. And then you think about the product. What is coming out of your life? That list that we looked at in Galatians 5, the fruits of the Spirit, are those things evident in your life today? Lord, I pray that you bless this invitation. Lord, help us to understand the importance of this aspect of our life that oftentimes only you see, but it is manifested to those that live around us. Oftentimes, we want to focus on the things that that we want to do and we want to control, but we come to the place where we realize many things are out of our control. Help us to be led of the Spirit, to be filled with your Spirit. Bless this invitation. If there's somebody this morning that does not know you as Savior, Lord, I pray that today they would accept you, that they would begin their new life in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.